This is TechCrunch. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Brought to you by the SoFi Daily Podcast. Reaching financial independence starts with having the right information. Every weekday morning, SoFi keeps you up to date with important business news, stock market happenings, and how they affect your financial life. Search for SoFi, S-O-F-I, wherever you get your podcasts. Why are telehealth companies treating healthcare like the gig economy? By Oliver Karaz. Telehealth has taken off. Spurred by the pandemic, many doctors in the U.S. now offer online appointments, and many patients are familiar with getting live medical advice over the Internet. Given the obvious benefits, many experts have concluded that telehealth is here to stay. It's taken this crisis to push us to a new frontier, said Seema Verma, administrator of the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. But there's absolutely no going back. And now the question is, where are we going? Telehealth has played an essential role during the pandemic, and it could do even more good in the years to come. But we're still in the very early days of its development. And if we're to realize telehealth's full potential, then we must first reckon with the fact that there are serious flaws in the predominant way it's delivered today, flaws that endanger patients themselves. Legacy telehealth services like Teladoc and others were built for a time when telehealth was a fringe phenomenon, mostly used to support acute needs like a bad cold or a troubling rash. They largely offer, in effect, randomized triage care. Patients go online, wait in a queue, and see the first doctor who happens to be available. These companies market this as a virtual house call, but for patients, the experience may feel more like being stuck on a conveyor belt. Too often, they get funneled through the system with little to no choice along the way. Insurance companies love this model because it's cheap to operate, but patients bear the cost. Doctors in this arrangement get paid to work the assembly line. Every minute they spend listening to patients, learning about their lives, building a personal relationship, is a minute they're not moving them down the line, seeing the next patient and earning their next fee. The system doesn't reward doctors for providing care. It rewards them for churning through patients. As we build telehealth's future, doubling down on this model would be a worrisome mistake since it's antithetical to how our healthcare system should operate. Healthcare has long been premised on the idea that you should have an ongoing relationship with a local care provider, someone with a holistic, longitudinal view of your health, who you trust to help navigate difficult or sensitive medical issues. The randomized triage model breaks this bond and replaces it with a series of impersonal interactions that feel more like ones you have with an Uber driver, polite but transactional, brief and ephemeral. 
Healthcare, however, should not be treated in the same way as the gig economy. As a physician, I'm troubled by the prospect of what happens when you scale this model up. Every time a patient gets passed from one doctor to the next, there's a chance that critical information is lost. They won't understand your baseline mood, your family context, or living situation, all critical intangibles for informed treatment. That lack of longitudinal data leads to worse outcomes. This is why the healthcare system has long been designed to minimize patient handoffs and why it would be a mistake for us to choose a telehealth infrastructure that increases them. What then does a better approach look like? We are at the very dawn of telehealth's integration into our country's healthcare system, and I won't claim to know the full answer, but I do know that patients are far better stewards of their own health than a random doctor generator. A more effective approach to telehealth puts the power in patients' hands, because when we give them choices and then listen to them, patients tell us what they prefer. Data gathered by my company makes clear that by a substantial margin, people want to make this decision themselves. Nine out of ten telehealth patients prefer to schedule an appointment with a provider of their choosing rather than see a randomly assigned doctor after waiting in a digital queue. Not only that, when given this choice, most patients, about 7 in 10, make an appointment with a nearby doctor when booking a virtual visit. Patients instinctively know that at some point they'll want or need to physically be in the same room with their doctor. And they know that choosing a local provider makes it possible to pick up the conversation in person right where it left off online. They don't want to be forced to choose between telehealth and an ongoing relationship with a trusted provider. And they're right, they shouldn't have to. None of the legacy telehealth companies focus on this imperative. Instead, while the pandemic rages on, they're rushing to scale while their randomized triage model is still viable. And the markets may reward them in the near term for being in the right place at the right time. But long-term value will be derived from listening to, responding to, and iterating on what patients want. Experience suggests patients will reward whoever can give them the most control over their health care. That's where I'm placing my bet, too. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.